if uh, you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 3. And we're going to uh, look uh, tonight, we're going to look at uh, this subject. How to stay in the wilderness. How to stay in the wilderness. We now see that the uh, author, the writer of uh, Hebrews, uh, he is making mention of the wilderness experience. And uh, he has already talked about the fact that uh, they have been drifting. The reason why they were drifting is because they were not hearing from God. And then uh, he, uh, uh, when we come into uh, chapter, the latter part of uh, chapter 3, going into uh, to chapter 4, we see that chapters 3 and 4 uh, deal with rest. See, that's what they were being delivered from Egypt from. Uh, they were brought out of Egypt uh, because they were promised another land. A land that was flowing with milk and honey. God had promised them that. God said this is what I want. It was God's will for them to leave Egypt. And even though it was God's will for them to go through the wilderness, it was not God's will for them to stay in the wilderness. And that speaks for us in our spiritual journey as well. Aren't you glad that you've been delivered from Egypt? When you got saved, you were brought out of Egypt. But then we were also promised that he was wanting us not only take us out of some place, he was wanting us to go into some place. And that place was our Canaan. It was a land that had been promised to us. It was a land that when they got there, they would have that rest. I don't know about you, but the older that I'm getting, the more I appreciate rest. I mean, I took a few days off this week and... Uh, uh, people say, well, where did you go? I didn't go anywhere. Stayed around the house. Did some things around the house. But mostly, I was lazy. I just, I just you know, uh, just kind of hung around the house. And uh, I thought, man, this is, this is pretty good. And uh, I'm grateful that there's times when God just lets us have rest. Now, when we're going through our spiritual journey... We need to understand is that it is God's will for us to find that rest. When you look here, as we're going to look, I'm going to give you seven things, and we're going to do them very quickly tonight, but uh, we're going to see seven things that you can do that will keep you in the wilderness. If that's where you want to stay, there are seven things that will take place. But I really believe if you are a born-again believer, you don't want to stay in the wilderness. You want to go into your Canaan and you want to get all the blessings that God has in store for you and you want to be victorious in your living and you want to be a conqueror and you want to be an overcoming. I, I really believe that if you're truly saved, that's your desire or should be your desire. But here's what happens. Sometimes we get stuck in the wilderness. And so if I can bring my text up, and uh, for some reason I'm having difficulties with that, we're, we are in Hebrews. And we're going to start in verse number 7. And we're going to go through the remainder of that chapter, chapter 3. Now, uh, I know I'm not... Uh, 
computer literate or uh, I'm, I'm not a technology guy, as you can tell. And uh, uh, this thing is not working. I I'm going to get it to work, I promise you. But have you got Hebrews? Are you got Hebrews? See, actually, I'm waiting for you because some of y'all probably haven't known even know where Hebrews is. It's, so, so go ahead. I'm giving you time to get to Hebrews. All right. Everybody there? Everybody but the preacher, right? <laughs> in Hebrews chapter 3, we're going to pick up in verse 7 going all the way through. As I made mention, oh, we're going to look at seven ways. Seven ways that if you want to stay in the wilderness, this is what will take place. These are, and they're all D's. They start with D's. But before we get there, we, we need to kind of set the stage, all right? Now, here's the stage. Uh, they, uh, the writer of Hebrews, understands, because we go to verse number 2, uh, we see that they have drifted away, right? Remember that uh, sermon we preached? That there are some things that they let slip by. We talked about uh, that the Bible says that uh, when we're saved that we should be rivers, right? We should be flowing. We should be overflowing uh, with the joy and peace and, and, and life. And, and water is life. And especially when you're in the desert areas, water was very critical. And even we're seeing it in Texas and Louisiana where uh, they have water, but it's water that they cannot drink. And so one of the things they're requesting is water because without water you have no life. And so those of us who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have this life in us and it should be a river. It should be constantly flowing out. And, but what happens is for in order for it to flow out, something has to flow in, right? And so it's, it's, the Lord Jesus comes in. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has set up residence in us. And so we sit under the Word of God. And by the way, uh, our pastor has been doing a wonderful job of preaching the Word of God and uh, we're thankful that he's back in the saddle again and, uh, and he's, uh, he's got that passion. He still has that fire. I'm grateful to God that we have a pastor who still can bring it. Amen. Amen. Uh, go clap for him. By the way, that is probably worth a pay raise on that one. <laughs> Okay, that's, <laughs> checks in the mail. <laughs> I, told, I told Jimmy uh, today that uh, uh, I said, man, you guys did good. And I said, I want you to know that uh, uh, your check's in the mail. And he said, yeah, I've heard that one before. <laughs> now, so, so, we, so, but there's some things that were drifting away. Now, understand, he's talking to believers, right? He's talking to believers here. He's not talking about those who have rejected. He was talking about those who have neglected. And, and so as some things have slipped by, uh, we now come uh, to our uh, text here, is that we are in the wilderness. The writer here is making mention of the wilderness. And he's saying here that they have neglected some things and they were in the wilderness. And, but he didn't, in chapters 3 and 4, as we may mention, he talks about rest. In chapter 4 of Hebrews, uh, verse number 4, it talks about that rest. And in and, and Hebrews 4.4, 4, he's talking about 
what we call Sabbath rest. Now, Sabbath rest is uh, 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 to identify with creation. Remember, we all understand that God uh, spoke the universe. He, he made everything and then uh, he rested. And so when you see Sabbath rest, Sabbath rest is a picture of our salvation. The Bible tells us in Matthew 11, verse number 28, if I'm not mistaken, in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, it talks about Jesus speaking, he says, talks about those who have labored and are heavy laden. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. See, it's a picture here is that when you're lost, the Bible is quite clear that we're an enemy with God. Those who do not know Jesus Christ, you're an enemy of God. And so enemies, what do they do? There's always conflict. There's always fighting. And many of us have experienced this. We were lost in our sins and, and, and we, were, we were always struggling. We were always trying to find something that helped to put our puzzle together. But then we came to understand we didn't have to fight anymore. We just needed to come to Jesus. And he says, when you come to me that are heavy laden and that have labored, he says, I will give you rest. Talking about Sabbath rest here. But then in Hebrews chapter 3, we're going to look at it in just a moment. And verse number 11, he's talking about Canaan rest. Canaan rest is a picture of surrendering. See, salvation, uh, the, the Sabbath rest is that you come to understand that you don't have to wrestle, you don't have to fight against God anymore. Now, you're no longer an enemy, but now you're a friend of God. I don't know about you, but I'm glad tonight I'm a friend of God. I love that song. When I was in Cedar Key, we sang that song over and over. I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. Uh, and they would, uh, we had a youth house in between where we lived in the church. And the youth pastor there would have that on Wednesday. Wednesday was a big night uh, for us there on that little island. Uh, they would bring the kids in from all around. They would come after school. He would feed them and all that. And he would play that thing. And he would have it blasting. I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. And so there was times when I'm thinking, I've heard that thing so many times, but I'm sure glad to know that I'm a friend of God. And so we see a Sabbath rest, but Canaan rest, and this is where we start having our problems. Canaan rest is you have to come to a point in your life that you have totally surrendered it all to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our pastor alluded to it this morning. You need to make him your boss. He's your Lord. He's your master. No longer do you call the shots, but now he calls the shots for you. By the way, he, when he calls the shots, he always calls them correctly. And so here in Hebrews 7, uh, we see the two rest. We say uh, uh, Sabbath rest. Sabbath rest means that we have peace with God. Canaan rest means we have the peace of God. And so here's what he says that they were missing. They were not able to enter into that Canaan rest that they had been promised because they did not hear God. Look at verse number 7. He says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if we will hear His 
voice. Today, if we will hear His voice. He says, And harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. He's talking about the wilderness experience. He's reminding them that they did not have to go through that experience. And the reason why they were having to go through that experience is they have not listened to God. My dear friend, if you want to stay in the wilderness, you just don't listen to God. And many of our people, and I'm not talking about unbelievers, I'm talking about believers, they've let some things drift away, they've neglected some things, and they have not heard God, and they're kind of beaten to their own drum, and they wonder why their life is the way it is. There's a lot of restless people today. I'm telling you, our, our nation is restless. We're having fighting protests that are going, uh, uh, you know, fighting one another. Uh, why? Because they're restless. We see it in our churches today. We have them. They're jumping from here to there. Uh, they get upset here. They move on to there. Then they get upset there. Then they go over there. Why is that? Because they're restless. They have not totally surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, my dear friend, you will continue to be in the wilderness. You will continue to kind of wander around until you come to the realization that you need to do business with God and you need to make a commitment to God and you need to turn it all over to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he goes on and says, uh, and he remains in the temptation of the wilderness. And then he says, when your fathers tempted me. They, uh, here, because of their wilderness experience, because of their wandering, because of their restlessness, God says they were tempting me. And he said, they proved me and they saw my works for 40 years. He's reminding them. He says, for 40 years, I showed them. I showed them. When they didn't have nothing to drink, I gave them water. When they didn't have nothing to eat, I gave them food. He says, I've made a promise to them. And they continued to ignore it and they continued not to hear from me. He says, they tempted me better be careful of tempting God. And then in verse number 10, he says, Wherefore, I was grieved. God speaking here. God said, because they were not listening to me, that grieved me. Do you understand, even today, it could be tonight... Our pastor has already alluded to it as well, that you've heard from the Word of God. You know what you're supposed to do. If you've said at any time under the preaching in this pulpit, you heard from God. God has spoken to you, and when we're not dis, when we become disobedient and when we quit listening to God, God says, You're grieving me. You're grieving me. Then he goes on and says, you're grieving me. And he says, then he says, with that generation, he's talking about the ones that were in the wilderness. He said, they grieved me. And he says, they do always err in their heart. See, now he starts to get to the, 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 the root of the problem. He says, they had a heart problem. That's right. Now, even though they weren't listening 
The reason why they were listen, weren't listening is because their heart was not right. See, whatever is in here will eventually come out. Okay? And so he says, they, they erred in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. Now, I don't know about you, but that's, that, that kind of blows my mind to understand. These people saw the glory cloud. These people saw the parting of the sea. These people saw manna coming from heaven. They saw over and over again the miracles of God, but yet he says, they haven't learned my ways. Now, we've already heard it this morning. You can sit in a church... And, and you can uh, sit in a church and you can be regular in your attendance and you can sit under preaching, but the bottom line is you can still not be listening because you haven't got your heart right. And if your heart's not right, your listening's not going to be right. And when you put it all together, you're going to continue to be in the wilderness. You're going to continue to be restless. You're going, to be, you're going to continue to look and say, there must be something new and exciting. It amazes me that we get all excited about a new restaurant in town. Now, uh, I'm going to go ahead since I'm not able to uh, uh, talk about my grandchildren uh, because y'all are getting tired of those stories, according to our pastor. I'm going to go ahead and throw my son-in-law under the bus. <laughs> He's really excited about a new restaurant coming to town. It's over on Hartman, Bojangles. Man, he is stoked. He says, I can't wait till they open. <laughs> and there's some others who are going to be there with you, <laughs> Bradley. And I mean, he's excited. He says, hey, that, that first Sunday that they're open, that's where we're going to have Sunday lunch. <laughs> he's excited about that. And many of you are excited about that. We've had some other places open up. And we get all excited about it. Why is it? Because it's something new. We see it even in our churches. You can go ahead and start you a little church down there on the corner not even have a name for it and meet in a little place, but people will be wanting to come. Why? Because it's something new. And why, why are we always looking for something new? Because we're dissatisfied with what we already have. We're restless. Why are we restless? Fixing to show you seven ways why you can stay in the wilderness and you will not be able to enter into the rest that the Lord Jesus has already promised you. God has promised he will give us rest. Okay, so he goes on. He says, uh, So I swear in my wrath that they shall not enter into my rest. He's made them another promise. He says, Okay, you want to continue to do like that? Here's the consequences of that. You will not enter into my rest. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss that. I want to enter into the rest that the Lord Jesus has promised me. I want to come to a point in my life to where I'm satisfied no matter what's going on around me. I'm telling you, our church will do well to understand that we need to be satisfied with what we have. God's been good to us. We've already alluded to that. 
But the reason why there are those who will go ahead and, and, and get into the wilderness is because they haven't got things settled in their heart. I'm just telling you, this is a heart issue. And so here's some things that we need to understand that will keep us that will keep us from entering into our rest. You ready for them? Now we're going to hit them pretty quick. There's seven things that you can do that if you want to continue to wonder, you will be allowed to wonder, but it's not God's will for you to wonder. That's not God's will. It's never been intended uh, for, for God's people to be going, going around and thinking, what do we do now? What do we do now? It's amazing to me where we will go ahead and uh, we get to, uh, you know, we're, we're thinking we got to have bigger and better. Now, and in its proper place, bigger and better is okay. I'm, I'm in line to believe, uh, and I would be quite happy if we had to build another sanctuary. But you know what? I'm satisfied to first of all filling this one up. And then when we fill this one up, let's go ahead and build. I have no problems with building. I, I, have no, I don't have no problems with bigger and better. But here's where we've come in the church movement today. We got to have because we're not, we're, here's, we're not counting on the power of God anymore. We're counting on our abilities. And so what are we doing? Now, we're not doing it, but many are doing this. So we'll go ahead and we'll hire the best musicians that Nashville has to offer. Many churches are doing that. We'll go ahead and, and we'll, we'll pay that. And we'll go ahead and we'll do all this. And we'll go ahead and help. And it's amazing to me where uh, they believe it's God's will. It's God's will. If it's God's will, God will take care of it. And he will let us know where we need to do and when we need to do it. Don't go and try to do something and force the hand of God. Oh, we got to be doing something. Hey, that, that church down the road, they got this program, and I think it, we could probably get some more people if we went ahead and do that program. I'm telling you, I'm grateful that if there's something, a ministry that's working in another church and they're reaching souls, praise God for that. But that does not necessarily mean that we have to do the same thing. It could be God's will for us to do something different. But here's what we're doing. We're forcing the issue. And we're, we're trying to play God. We hear all kinds of things that people are doing. Why don't we do this? Why don't we want to do that? And we're not saying that we shouldn't look at things and shouldn't entertain things uh, and, and take a close look. But that's not the way you judge the will of God. The will of God will reveal Himself to you if you're listening. If you're listening... The problem is we're not listening. We see a number of things. First of all, if you want to stay in the wilderness, just keep on drifting. We've already alluded to that in, uh, in chapter 2, verse number 1, where they just let some things slip away. Barclay said it this way. He says, no one intentionally plunges into disaster. You just don't wake up one day and say, I just want to go ahead and really make a, uh, 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 make a mess of my life. He says, you don't plunge into disaster, but you do drift into sin. Are you catching this? We just kind of drift into it. 
a little bit here, neglect something there. Next thing we know, we're looking around and we're in the wilderness. And we're wondering, how in the world did we get here? It's because we weren't listening to God. But also we see, look at verse number 7, we see danger. And verse number, verse number 7, everybody there? He says, you did not hear. Did you catch that? He says, you did not hear. You're not catching it. Did you, did you see that? You did not hear. He is giving a warning. Now watch this, the progression of these seven things. First of all, there's a drifting that takes place. Second of all, there's danger. It's quite clear that he says, you need to listen to my voice. You need to listen to my voice. I like what it said. It says, when you ignore the voice of God, you lose the ability to overcome temptation. Did you hear? When you ignore the voice of God, you lose the ability to overcome temptation. We see many people have done that. See, the problem is that we're not exercising what God has given us. You all know about my vision problems. And... My vision problems, I have had to learn to compensate for other things. One of those is that I cannot, uh, you know, I can't see that far back, but I know you're there because of your, uh, by your shapes. And by the way, you all have excellent shapes. (laughs) You all looking good. (laughs) I've been, I'm not going to mention any names on this one, but They've been teasing me because when people come through, if I'm out at the door welcoming people, I'll say, man, you're looking good today. And they, they chuckle. And I said, what's so funny? He says, you can't see. <laughs> and I said, what, what's the point you're trying to make here? But, but, I, but, I, but here, here's the best way. I might not make your face out, but I recognize you by your voice. That's what he's talking about here. See, I, I, I hear his voice. See, in Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the Word of God. See, here's the, if you want to continue to stay in the wilderness, you do not heed the warning. You listen to God. You, you are making an intentional... You're, this is intentional, folks. You don't just like, oh, you know, I just kind of go through. And that's the reason why many of us are in trouble and we're still in the wilderness and many of our churches are dying because they're in the wilderness is because we have not exercised our hearing abilities. And because we've not exercised our hearing abilities, we've lost the ability to overcome the temptation when it comes our way. And so here, uh, but I I thought about this as well. The question that we need to answer tonight is, based on your faith, is it based on what you're seeing, on what he's saying? Are you basing it on what you're seeing, or based on what he's saying? See, they've heard from God. 
but they did not heed. They were looking at their circumstances and they were in their wilderness experience and they stayed there for 40 years. But not only did we see danger, but we also see doubt. Look at verses 89. We see they started to doubt things. It says, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Okay, now what is he talking about here? And then you go into verse 9 as well. Well, you have to go, uh, you have to go to Exodus chapter 17. I believe it's verse number 7. But in Numbers 13 and 14 kind of sets the stage as well uh, for this passage as well. In Numbers 13 and 14, we understand uh, that God has made the promise and they sent spies out, right? You remember that story? And they sent the two spies, Joshua and Caleb. Uh, There were ten, though, that went. Only two, Joshua and Caleb, came back and said, this this is ours, God promised to us. The other eight said, can't be done. Now, the lesson that we learn out of that is majority's not always right. Majority's not always right. And in church, I want you to understand, the majority is not always right. That's the reason why God has appointed bishops and pastors. Now, stay with me here. The reason why he has set that up is because he knows people. He knows if you get 20 Baptists, you'll have 30 different answers. Right? I mean, just the way it works. Here, Moses understood that. Moses was having all kinds of problems, and so what did he do? He appointed some people to help him with the workload because he said the problems are too great for me. Here's what we need to understand. And I've gotten in trouble with this statement before, but I'm going to go ahead and make it again. We need to understand that the church is not a democracy. The Bible clearly says this. It's not a democracy, it's a theocracy. See, there's only one who's in charge. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And under Him, you have your shepherd... Now, some will say uh, we call them under-shepherds because he is the shepherd, right? He's the great shepherd. But then he has uh, the under-shepherd. That's our pastor bishop, however the term we want to use. Matter of fact, I kind of like that word bishop. I'm thinking about uh, changing my cards to Bishop Mike. I, I, I just kind of like that. I think that'd be pretty cool. It says, oh, how, how are you? I'm Bishop Mike. I mean, <laughs> but uh, you, go ahead and... Do what you want to with that one. And so, so, so we understand that they, there was some doubt. There was some grumblings going on. And in the Exodus chapter 17 verse 7, they says, God has sent us out here to die. But then he goes on in, in, in Exodus 17 7, and he says, is God here or not? They were starting to doubt. And it blows my mind again. Of all the things they've saw God do for them, they're starting to have some doubt. My dear friend, I'm talking to someone maybe tonight that has a little bit of doubt. You're going through some stuff. 
You're going through your wilderness experience. And you've been going through it, and it could be that you've done everything right, but you're still having some trials and tribulations coming your way. And you're starting to doubt. Now, you've listened to the master of all lies, Satan. And Satan's tell you, you know, if God was so good, why are you going through this? I was just thinking about Donald. Man, he's, I mean, it just seemed like he got hit one thing after another, one thing after another. And I even questioned it. I said, God, I don't understand this. I'm just going to go ahead and be real transparent with you tonight. I've already shared with this with my Sunday school class. Is that I really wrestled with the book of Job. The Bible says that he was a righteous man. Matter of fact, if you read the story, God's the one who went to Satan and said, Hey, see Job, he's the best of the best. Go ahead and work on him a little bit. You can do anything you want to, but you can't kill him. Job lost everything. Say, well, yeah, Brother Mike, but to, you know, in the end, he, he got, you know, hundredfold and all that. And I understand all that. But I'm just going to be real honest with you. I just still wrestle with that. I mean, God, why would you let your best have to go through that mess? Now, I understand that I cannot rationalize it here. I can't grip it here. But one day, I will have the answer. And here's what it has caused me to do. It's caused me to get stronger in my faith. My dear friend, we all need to take heed to this. We could be the next Job. What are you going to do then? Lose everything. And you look down the street, I shared this morning, you look down the street and you're thinking, here I am, I've served God, I've been faithful to God, I, 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 I'm a tithe, I, I, you know, I try to witness for the Lord Jesus and, and, and I, when I go to work, I try to be the best employee I can. And I, I've done everything right, I'm trying to raise my kids and my grandchildren, but God, I look around and I look at the guy down the street who deals drugs and does all kinds of things and I look down, he's driving a better car than I'm driving. He has a bigger home than I have and we start going on and on. God, I just don't understand. Well, there's just some things you won't understand and that's the reason why I believe God allows us not to understand because He's trying to help us in our faith. God, I don't understand the answers. This one thing I do understand, I'll serve you to the day I die. I'll be faithful to you, God. When my whole world comes in, I'll be faithful to you because you have saved me and you have promised me that what I have waiting for me is a place called heaven where I will not hurt no more, where I'll be able to see, where I don't have to have sickness. It won't be more any dying and there will be no more departing there. Lord, I'll serve you because you've made me a promise. And so here... If you want to continue to be in the wilderness, go ahead and doubt. But then we see that if you do not do something with that doubt, look at verse number 12, it can go into disbelief. Y'all still with me? Look what he says. He says, take heed, brethren. He's talking to believers. He says, take heed, brethren. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart 
of unbelief. What's he saying? God is saying that when you have unbelief, your heart is evil. Now, why is that? Because of all the things he has done for you, and you're still questioning him. That's evil. We serve a good God. We serve a, a, a healing God. We serve an amazing God. We, we serve the God of the universe. The God who spoke this world into existence. But yet, he had a deep abiding love for us that not only did he want to stay uh, abstract from us, but he wanted to come and be personal with us and have an intimate relationship with us. That's exactly what they did. Their doubt turned into disbelief. But then, I want you to look not only at disbelief, but also look in verse number 13, we see deceit. Verse number 13 says, But exhort one another. Now, that's very important here. He said, exhort. He says, uh, hey, you need to come alongside your, your brothers and sisters. Why do we need to come? By the way, we need to be praying for one another. We need to be lifting one another up in prayer because I'm telling you, Satan is doing everything he can to put these seeds of doubt and he's t helping us to understand uh, that uh, he, uh, Satan's orchestrating to where he'll have distractions in our life, to where we're not hearing from God. See, uh, the, we understand who's mixing this. Satan. So we need to encourage one another. We need to exhort one another daily. Amen. Daily. Amen. Say it with me. Daily. daily. We need to pray for one another Daily. Matter of fact, we never know what rises around the corner from us. We never know that oh, when we walk out of our doors in the mornings and get in our automobiles, what awaits us. And that's the reason why we need to be praying for one another and we need to be encouraging one another daily while it is called today. See, I'll just be here since I'm being transparent. Uh, there are some days that I kind of forget to pray. I'm just going to be honest with you. But as the course of the day goes on, Holy Spirit starts to, hey. Now, he doesn't use these words, but I'll use them. What is wrong with you, you dum-dum? You haven't talked to the Father today. You haven't prayed for your brother or your sister in Christ today. And so here, if we listen, I'm telling you, when we, when we exercise, when we are working out, okay? See, I, I know many of you are thinking, boy, how are you getting that body that you're getting? Man, you're slimming down a little bit. You're buffed up. How are you doing? You must be going to the gym at least four times a, a, a week and, uh, and all that. And I'm just letting you all know this is all natural. Just <laughs> all natural. But I've been told that you go work, you work your muscles out. And, and I've also been told by, as I go to the senior adult facilities and whatnot, the activities director always tells me, it's motion, 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 stay in motion. You know, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. <laughs> I'm prime example. 
I'm prime example. <laughs> I, when I, I, I'll get silly with the kids sometimes and I'll like flex my muscles, but I have to put my other fist up there to make this other one up there because this one sags down. <laughs> I have more down here than I have up here. Why is that? Because I have not exercised. Hey, listen, that goes with your hearing. You got to exercise. You have to intentional. See, I got this, I got this Fitbit. Don't know why, but I got this. And, and, and uh, this thing uh, tells me, you know, you've, you haven't done is what you need to be doing, you know. And it, it buzzes. It has a little buzz, you know. You, know, you got 250 steps, and you only got 249 uh, to go, you know. And, and so I'm catching myself. This silly little watch is controlling my life now. That thing goes off, and I'll be in the middle of something. I might be talking to somebody and say, hey, got to go. Got to get my steps in. And y'all, ain't. But, but, it, uh, but I didn't know. I didn't know that you actually have to get up and exercise. I thought this thing did it all. That's the reason they call it a Fitbit, right? You wear this thing, you'll be fit. You gotta, you, and here's what I'm trying to say, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm being silly about all this, but here's what, you've got to exercise your hearing. You have to work out, if you will, spiritually speaking. You need to listen. You need to be intentional. Intentional. Just like when you go to the gym, you're intentional. You, you got, and some of you talked about being diets. You're, you're intentional with that. But when it comes to our spirit, spiritual well-being, sometimes we forget about that. We have to be intentional. He says, do, now, so we're praying for one another. And then why? Because of the deceitfulness of sin. Every one of us, every one of us can slip and fall. I'm just telling you, every one of us can mess up. And many times we're messing up is because we didn't do what God has told us to do and we let some things drift and we neglected some things. Wasn't intentional, just kind of happened. And so here, if you want to continue to stay in the wilderness... You just go ahead and buy into the deceitfulness of sin. Now, very quickly, we see in verse number 12 about departing. See, he says that they departed. What did they do? There comes now. See, over the course of time, here's what's going to happen. If you continue to not listen to God and you do not heed the warning signs, okay, we're not talking about overnight. I started thinking about some people that I haven't seen. And if you haven't seen anybody in a long time, go to the fair. You ha- there's people you haven't seen in five years. And a lot of them are members of this church. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be beating up on them. They're on our row. Have, has this ever happened to you? You'll be talking about and say, hey, have you seen, have you seen Billy? Hey, you know what? I haven't seen him in a couple of months now. And then we come to find out he hadn't been here in a couple of years. It didn't happen overnight. It was just a gradual, just gradual. And here's what's happened though. 
Not only was it gradual with them, it was gradual with us. That's the reason why you need to get plugged into a Sunday school class. That's the reason why you need to be in the discipleship training. That's the reason why you need to have an accountability partner. Because we all can fall just like that. And we can all get to where we departed. Can you always come back? Of course you can. But I'm telling you, here's what I've learned. The further you walk away, the longer it takes to get back. Did you catch that? The further you walk away, and by the way, gradual, one step, one step, one step, one step to where now you're so far from the voice of God that He doesn't, you don't hear Him at all. You can always come back. Aren't you glad? By the way, church, that is our responsibility as brothers and sisters. It is our responsibility to help them get back. Here's what we'll do. We'll go ahead and criticize and say they know better and all that. And all that, uh, you're right on that. But when, does it ta- when do we understand it's our responsibility to go and to love on them and say, you know what, you've been gone way too long. Won't you just come back home? And I'll come back with you. Now, we're closing. We also see destruction. Look at verse number 17. Still, you still there? Okay, hang on. We're, we're, we're fixing to land this 747. We got uh, orders from the control tower. It's, we're ready to land. Okay? So we're in verse number 17. And he says, But with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned whose carcasses are, are lying in the wilderness? The only ones that made it into the promised land according to Numbers 14.31 and and, and before that as well. Joshua and Caleb and the little children. Everyone else did not get in. And the reason why they didn't get in is because they had been in the wilderness so long it felt like that was their home. What am I trying to say? Church, I understand there's times when we go through the wilderness experiences. But the reason why God allows it is not to keep us there. It's to help us to learn and for our faith to get stronger. Scripture tells us this. The Scripture says that they wrote in earlier times, talking about the Old Testament. Why was the Old Testament written? There's a number of reasons why. One of the reasons why is because it helps us as we go back, just like we did tonight, and we see the failures and the faults that we are to be reminded that
that we can avoid those. It's called history. Now, I don't know. I know they revise history and all that. But you do understand. And I'm not going to try to get political in this uh, statement. But there's a lot of things that have gone on in our nation that I'm not pleased with. But I'm also need to be reminded some of the things they're tearing down were bad. I understand all that. I'm, I'm not... But shouldn't they be staying there to help us to remember that we don't have to repeat the same mistakes? That's what the Word of God helps us to do. He shows us the failures of those who have gone before us, not to criticize them, not to put them down, but for us to understand that we can learn from their mistakes. So the question tonight is, have we learned anything? Have we learned anything? Have we learned that you can be stuck in the wilderness and you can stay there, but that's not God's will for your life? That's the reason why you don't have to be restless. That's the reason why we can be satisfied with what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason why we can go and we say, no matter what comes my way, I'm trusting Him because He's given us a promise that He's not going to leave nor forsake us. And He's made us promise that one day, one day, we won't have to do and deal with any of this mess that we're dealing with now. But until that day comes, we need to continue to walk by faith, not by sight, but what He says.